take your Bible and turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter 3. I think I've made uh, the uh, social media this afternoon. I think everybody's got their own opinion of how I handle things during morning services. But let me tell you what I think of that. day I start asking you how to pastor this church is the day I let you start being paid for pastoring this church. And you might guess that I'm a mite upset. I haven't preached this way in a while. I don't know what's going to happen. Right now I don't care. You're welcome. Now turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13. And don't threaten to leave, just do it. I'm not smiling. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 3, and verse 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or understand everything or have all the answers. I don't count myself, Paul said, as a apprehended. He's in jail probably looking out the window at the man who's going to cut his head off in just a few days. And I don't count myself to have apprehended, Paul said. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'd like to take one, two, three, four, five words and try to develop a message tonight. This being the last Sunday of the year, we'll have one more Wednesday night service and then next week, we'll have Vision Sunday. And I will explain and tell you every dime that has been spent this past year. Some $4 million worth of money spent this last year. The things that have transpired this year as far as people that have been saved bus routes that have been run, bus drivers that have been faithful to drive, Sunday school teachers that is so necessary to control and corral all the boys and girls, men and women who come, and give you a vision of what we're going to try to do 
next year. That'll be next week. We'll pass out a budget in which we will try our very best to stay within the realm of that budget. Sometimes you cannot stay in the confines of a budget, especially if you have to have a bus towed in every week at $300 a lick. Those things come up and those things transpire. If you put $50,000 in remodeling a nursery, that money's got to come from somewhere. Do you ever remember me taking a special offering to help buy a nursery? Didn't think you did. You remember me taking a special offering for anything for as buildings and maintenance around the properties? Didn't think you did. Remember me taking a special offering for the gross amount of insurance we have to have for five to six to seven million dollars worth of buildings and buses and so forth and so on. So all I've got to worry about is what people think about a kid we bring on the buses. That's all I've got to worry about is just did we do it like you think I should? After all, there's nothing to this except making sure you please a bunch of folks who don't come about once every three months. Well, I'm glad Paul said forgetting those things which behind can I have an amen. You say I'm going to get mad at you. I do not care one bit about you getting mad at me. It wouldn't take a baby aspirin long to take all of that out of me. I'd like you to look at these words. Those things which are before. From a Roman prison, Paul gives his testimony in verses 4 through 11. Read it sometimes if you'd like. It talks about circumcised the eighth day, stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touched in the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, what things were gained to me in my old life, what things were gained to me back before I got saved, what things I counted especially important to me back then, I counted them all lost for Christ. What a testimony. Boy, would to God we had that kind of testimony that all of these things that we think is so utterly important that we could put them under the blood and see just how much they're worth when it comes to eternity. Notice, if you would please, in our text he speaks of things that are ahead. I like to plan ahead. But the devil or the Lord 
never gives me fair warning of what's going to happen next. How about you? The question is, what is our attitude going to be about things tomorrow we didn't plan for? You know, things that God brings down the pike that's not on our calendar. Things that God might bring to pass. Those things that, look in your Bible, are ahead. Sights unseen. Challenges unconquered. Situations not yet faced. And songs that are not sung. Lands that have not been purchased as of yet. Buildings that have not been built. Buses that have not been bought. Classes that has not been started. Teachers who are not teaching. Singers who have never sung. What about things not yet seen? How are you going to face those things? And what is your attitude going to be about those things? Even if they're not handled like you think they ought to be handled. What about tomorrow? During the Second World War, And I know you've seen pictures of it, of London being bombed day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour. Hitler, as he sends his air force across and just sprays all of England with bombs and buildings and and cities absolutely destroyed. It got so, so horrible that England began to take all the children and put on trains and send them out into the country where that they would be safe because Hitler would not waste his bombs in the, in the countryside. So they began to send all the children out in the country to be safe. As they loaded the trains, one little boy was standing looking out the door. And somebody walked by and said, Son, do you know where you're going? He said, No, sir, but the king does. The king does. You may be boarding a train tomorrow. You don't know where it may end. You may have to get in a car tonight and go to a hospital and hear words that you never, never want to hear. You don't know where your train's headed. But thank God the king does. Huh? I said thank God the king does. We don't know where our church is going, but thank God the king does. Amen. Things which are before us. I want to talk to you about the untrodden pathways that is before us. As Israel began to occupy the land, and before Joshua and the priests went across the Jordan River, and before they went in and conquered the 31 kings, before they went in and drove out the inhabitants of the land, Plans were being made to cross the Jordan River. And Joshua got all the priests and all the people together and give them instructions on how they are to do it 
how the Ark of the Covenant was to go across, who was to carry the Ark of the Covenant, where they were to stand before they entered into the Jordan River. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, you be very, very careful that you heed every instruction that I give you because we have not passed this way hitherfore. Tomorrow is a brand new day for Joshua Baptist Church. He said, things will go as usual. I hope not. Things will be just like they were. I hope not. I'm looking forward to the things that are before us. I'm not going to get hung up on the things that are behind us. The buildings have been built. The air conditioning has been turned on. The lights have been secured. And everybody's happy at the mortgage mortgage company. I'm not worried about yesterday's buildings or yesterday's buses. I'm looking forward to the things that are before. Have you ever taught a class? Why not start? Have you ever worked a bus route? Why don't you start? Well, preacher, I I just know too much to mess with kids. No, you don't know too much to mess with our kids. Because you never know what those kids are going to do. Come on now, you say amen. None of us have walked tomorrow's path. I don't care who it is. I've been in this thing so long now that uh, I think they think I invented Christianity. I've been in a long time. You wouldn't believe this, but I remember when Bobby Lee was no bigger than his boy. Now he was uglier than his boy. He drooled a lot when he was that age. And all the girls wanted to sit on the other side of the church from Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee's daddy used to lead my singing at the old church I used to pastor years and years and years ago. Family was dear to me all their life and have been all their life. We've got great, great rapport and great, great love for each other. But I, I, want, I want you to know something. As long as I've been around, I have not yet walked tomorrow's path. I have not yet heard the doctor's report of next week. I have not heard from my grandkids, I love you, Paul, tomorrow. And I want you to know something. As you sit where you are tonight, the paths of tomorrow are as uncertain as they can be. Your job may be history tomorrow. Your health may be history tomorrow. Forgetting those things which are behind, Paul said, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things and looking forward to the things that are before. Tomorrow is a brand new venture. Tomorrow might be a Mount of Transfiguration experience. Whether we walk and open-faced and see God as He really is, transfigured before, or it might be a fiery furnace deal. You don't know what it's going to be like. Tomorrow is a very uncertain 
path that we walk. Would you and I determine tonight, regardless of what comes, God's going to be our God and Christ is going to be our protector and the Lord Jesus is going to be our goal. Would you do that, please, tonight? Because Paul said we need to look forward to the things that are before us. Only Jesus knows the way. He's our captain. He'll bring us safely on our journey. Who knows? As old as I am, tonight may be the last night I preach. And don't you say I hope so. I'll haunt you till the day you die. I'm just that cantankerous. You know that, don't you? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you can't live on yesterday's gravy. Because it'll get stale, sure as the world, before the end of the week. This one thing I know. That the untrodden pathway that is before us is very, very uncertain. Let me give you this. The uncertainty of the times in which we live. Have you heard much about cop killings lately? Racial unrest? Looting and rioting in the name of fairness? Fairness? It's fair for one, it's fair for the other. In other words, if it's fair for me to work and save and scrimp and make a living, it's fair for them to knock the windows out of my store and come in and loot it because they don't have anything. Just know that in the last days, what kind of times? Perilous times will come. Hey, man. We are not sure of one thing tomorrow. The only thing I'm sure of is who's in charge. The only thing I know is we better serve the Lord. And you know what? I'm not going to get hung up on all these things, but there are surely perilous times in which we live. I would have never thought that I see gasoline below $2 again. But, of course, when I was buying it for a nickel a gallon, I never thought that it would be $3 and a half a gallon either. You say you bought it for half, uh, five cents a gallon? Yes, and Pepsis were a nickel, and bologna sandwiches were a nickel too. And I made $3 a day from can until camp. That's when the sun come up. And the sun went down. And after I did that, I went and did chores. Thank God for the good old days. Is there anybody here now? And the uncertainty of the times in which we live. You say, man, I'm glad that gas is below $2. Well, ask some of the guys in our church who's working in the gas industry if they're glad it's below $2. Because that makes their job really shaky. And now it's uncertain for them whether they're going to be able to make enough money to feed their family or not. All because we got cheap gas. The uncertainty of the times. 
Forgetting those things which are behind, the Bible said, I press toward the mark. We live in a time when things are very unsure and uncertain. The unrest in, the, in, in, this, in this industry uh, world, the uh, home life has become old-fashioned and outdated. Have you noticed that? Marriage is only for Bible fanatics anymore. The uncertainty of the times. I wonder when my grandkids get old enough to marry, what will be the philosophy of marriage in America? The uncertainty of the times in which we live. The uncertainty of the times that is about us. They have become very, very perilous, if you please. Relations are falling apart. Christians are living like the soap operas. Is that not true? Did you notice how some of our Christian ladies are dressing in church anymore? Evidently they think I haven't noticed. But I have. There's going to be a lot of things come up real soon that we're not certain of. But there's one thing I can count on. Hebrews 13, 4. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, no matter how perilous the times may be. No matter how uncertain the paths that we trod. Oh, yes. Tomorrow may be a furnished, fire furnished deal. But thank God, the Hebrew children was not blistered, they were blessed. Did you hear me now? Just because you think you get a blistering don't mean you need to run off and leave Jesus. Because <laughs> in the fire, you'll never be blistered, you'll always be blessed. And even in jail, the Apostle Paul said in chapter number 4 and verse 10, I rejoice. <laughs> Can you imagine rejoicing being in jail? Uh, when I started jail ministry, I was doing everything but rejoicing. I was wishing somebody had seasoned my food. Let's go on. Bad day in the jailhouse. And with the uncertainty of the time, with things that just happen, if you please, unannounced, just springs up. I'm glad I got Jesus on my side. And I'm glad that the Lord told uh, Israel, you don't need to go down to Egypt and depend on the horses that the Egyptians have. You don't have to worry about fearing man. You fear God, and the God that you fear will take care of you. So I think maybe our church needs to do this. Not worry about the uncertainty of the paths that's going to open up tomorrow. Not worry about the uncertainty of the times in which we live. But I close. You say, not really. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. The unchangeable God is always with us. Man, I tell you, 
God has been so good to me over these many, many, many years. <clears throat> it will be frightening to tell you how many people have tried their best to ruin me. I'm talking about maliciously, viciously. And God be my witness, I've never done anything other than what I felt God wanted me to do. And they just keep a-coming. And they just keep falling like flies. Falling out and falling dead. Because I believe with every fiber of my being that the unchanging, ever faithful God is with us. Therefore, I will not fear not even death, because he said, and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Sitting in that jailhouse, Paul, at midnight, began to sing praises unto God. Do you remember that? And God vindicated and grabbed a hold of that jailhouse and began to shake that thing. That's where Elvis got his song, Jailhouse Rock. The times most definitely has changed over these many years. There's been times when I preach like I preach in this place and the altars be filled with folks getting saved. There's times when I preach and Christians would come and fall on their face with tears running down their cheek, begging God for forgiveness, repenting of an evil, ungodly, Christ-denying lifestyle. Now all we're worried about is what time we're going to get out. We're in trouble. Not in our country but in our church. And I believe if we do not have revival in 2015, we will not have a church in 2016. We'll have a social club where people come dressed like they want, express their emotions, whether it's godly, biblical or not and judge everybody that's trying to live for God we've got to have revival I'm not talking about a lot of people I'm not talking about more buildings I'm talking about we don't need to fill our building with people we need to fill our people with God we don't need more people our people just need more of God, and God needs more of our people. And some of you need to throw your dumb phones away. Get off of my book, your book, everybody else's book, and stay out of my book because I ain't got no book. 
And I don't need your advertisement. I'm popular the way it is. And unpopular the way it is. But I think times are changing and people are changing. I don't, I don't understand people that don't do what they say they're going to do. I, that, I just don't understand that. I, I, I just don't understand people that won't pay their bills. I don't understand people who will not tithe. I'll tell you one thing, if you don't tithe, I don't catch you in my chicken house after dark. You steal God's money, you steal my wife's chickens. You say, that's cruel. No, that's the truth. I don't understand people. People are changing. Times are changing. The world is changing. Church is changing. Thank God my wife hadn't changed. She's changing me, but I she hadn't changed. Friends change. Some for good, some for bad. I would close. Thank God he don't change. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Kay, how long have you been listening to me preach? Ten years. Twenty years. Thirty years. Forty years. Boy, church has changed. Changed, doesn't it, Bob? Perilous times. Uncertain paths. You're going to hit them. Are you ready? Have you settled it in your heart who you're going to trust when the fiery furnace gets heated seven times hotter? decided who you're going to trust when some windbag starts running your preacher down? Some goody-goody two-shoes that that's all they wear is shoes starts running your preacher down? He's been here 29 years, not stolen one dime from you. Married your kids, buried your dead, visit you in the hospital, and you're going to play around on Facebook with that crowd? Find you a place to go to church where you'll be happy, because you ain't never going to be happy around here, because I'm going to see to that. You're welcome. Those things that we're looking forward to. Preacher, I didn't come for that. That's what you got. It didn't cost you much for what you put in the offering. All of God's people said, I'm going to face the future tomorrow with him. Pressing toward the mark of the high calling 
in Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, don't get mad at me because I said the unforgettable word, tithe. Don't get at me because I said tithe. Don't, don't get mad at me because of that. The best insurance you can buy is not Obamacare. It's Jesus care. And long about this time of the year, folks start slacking off because they got to buy Christmas. Because God knows you'd rather lie to God as your kids 